Program created for the Rio Grande Oil Company. Attention, please, calling all cars. Attention, all cars. Attention, all Los Angeles County Sheriff's Cars. Drop 113 regarding a murder. A body found in Mint Canyon. Face mutilated with a shotgun. That's all. Rolls and quits. I went to bed to the court. I was 
local. I was having a hard time in Los Angeles. He fancy, gave me food, and they had a work now and then, but I didn't ever have enough to eat. My wife was in the inside asylum in Scotland. I didn't know many people in Los Angeles except her relatives, so I left in Arizona on April 10th. My sister is in slope, and I hoped maybe I could get it longer. At least I could eat. John Vittori, Louis Blanco's my brother-in-law. That is his wife and my wife and sister. He disappeared a month ago. Last thing he told me was going to San Francisco to look for work. Now his wife is well enough to get out of Patton and he's got to sign the papers. We can't find him anywhere. So I reported him to the police as a missing person. I hope they find him. Certainly ain't going to sign for his wife's release. I've got too many mouths to feed now with my own wife and the kids. are the three chief protagonists in this drama of greed and violence. The war has spoken. The action has already begun in a lonely canyon in the foothills of the Cassidy. And now the curtains part on the first scene in the office of Captain William Bryce, head of the homicide squad for Vangelis County Sheriff's Office, as the telephone ring. Homicide, Jack speaking. by deputies Morell, to Salvador, and Morpheus, speed through San Fernando Valley under Hilton New Hall. Stuart greets them on their arrival. Well, Stuart, what is it? Could it be some men? Just this way, Captain. Who do you think? Captain, this face, huh? Yes, apparently to prevent identification. There were two shots, both from a 12 gauge shotgun. They found the shells. One shot killed him, and the second was fired while the victim was lying on the ground. The fired close, as you can tell, by the powder burns on the clothing. And it was the second shot which obliterated the pieces. Yes. Yes, you were right on the reconstruction. Apparently, the victim was a Mexican. Any marks on the clothes? No, sir. Any identification? Yeah, it's not the same part of it. All the other murder apparently wanted to make recognition impossible. He overlooked the strip of paper which he found in the victim in the shirt pocket. Oh. My name is Louis Blanco, 1720 Yale Street, Los Angeles. In case of accident or serious illness, notified John Victoria, 602 Stella Avenue, Los Angeles. Find anything else on him? Well, we haven't searched him thoroughly. I didn't want to move the body until you arrived. You've got photographs of it by now, Andrew. Yes. Well, then, let's see if he has anything else on him. I'm not satisfied with this identification. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Examine the body and see what else you can find on him. Yes. Uh, who found the body? This young fellow here. Hired man on the ranch. Oh. Uh, you found the body? Yes, sir. I, I was out hunting him, and I stepped right on the body. 
gee, like the spirit of daylight out of me. What is this? This morning, I told the boss about it right away. And he called you, fellas. Looks like he's been dead 24 hours. You any shop yesterday? Oh, no. Come to think of it, believe I did. I was out looking for a stray cow. I heard a couple of shots. What time was this? Mm, about 11 o'clock yesterday morning. I didn't pay my attention to the shots because I figured somebody else was out hunting. Did you see anyone around here? Well, no, but, but about 15 minutes later, I was walking along a back road on the way back to the ranch. I didn't find the cow, you see. And a fellow passed me in a car going west. Was the four doors over? Yes, sir. What kind of a car was it? It was uh, a Nessie sedan. Did you notice the license number? No, I didn't. What color was it? It was uh, blue. Only kind of faded, and it had a black top. Here's some more papers I found on the body, Captain. Mm-hmm. These were in his hip pocket. Thanks. Right. Right well, according to these papers, this man is Jose Diego. Released from the Arizona State Penitentiary at Florence on May 12th. Today is the 24th. Well, if this body is Diego, he enjoyed just 12 days of freedom. And of his real Blanco. How did he get possession of Jose Diego's parole papers? Well, it seems that the answer to that lies in this John Vittori. Well, I want you to go to 602 Stella Avenue and bring in John Vittori. By the time you get him, the body will be in the morgue. Take you there for an identification and bring him to my office. Yes, sir. Over there. Yes, sir. I want you to follow through on fingerprinting this body. Send the classification to the Arizona Penitentiary of Florence for a check against the principal, Jose Diego. Come on now, step on his voice. We've got one corpse with two identities. I don't like mysteries when they're that mysterious. <laughs> Over the fingerprints across, the law picked up John DeCore of the Celestine Address. At the morgue, DeCore identifies the body of his brother in law, Louis Blanco. Then DeCore leads the officer to Blanco's rooming house on Yale Street. The Mexican landlady greets them at the door. Ah, well, it's blessing of it, Tori. Have you heard from that brother in law of yours who owes me so much back rent? Yes, Mrs. Gonzalez. I've heard of him. He's been murdered. Murdered? This man is in the sheriff's office. He wants to go to Lou's room. Well, no. But who is going to pay his back rent? Are you, Senor Vittori? You know I ain't got no money. This is Gonzalez. Do you know whether Blanco had a gun? A gun? Oh, no. He didn't have no gun. Did he have an automobile? <laughs> an automobile? Where would he get the money for an automobile when he owed me three months' rent? Are his things still in his room? Oh, she is, but if they are, he doesn't have very much. I'd like to take a look in there. Oh, he's just down the hall here. He said when he went away that he was going to get a job in San Francisco. And now he comes back and murdered. Yeah, that's what he told me, too. He was going to fix to get a job. Here's his room. Oh, that's pretty bare. No clothes. Oh, no, he didn't have no clothes. Only what he wore. An old magazine? There are some records in the drawer there. Oh, that's what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. A letter from Mrs. Rosita de Poker, Globe, Arizona. You know who this is, Mr. Vittori? I think he had a sister in the That's fine. Well, come along. Where are we going now? Down to headquarters. The captain wants to ask you some questions. Where do you live? 
go through Shell Avenue. Do you know who they're Junker? Yeah, my brother-in-law. He's the body you saw at the morgue out of Louis Blanca? Mm. I think so, but it's hard to tell. Well, where did you see Blanca last? Mm, about six weeks ago. Told me he was going to San Francisco to look for work. We've been looking for him. His wife, my wife's sister, has been in the insane asylum in Patton, and she's ready to come out. But Lewis has to sign the papers to get her out. I asked the police to look for him. Yes, we have the missing persons report right there. Oh, I know all about that already, huh? Sure. You're pretty fair on this office. Fair on this office. Now, uh, what kind of a car do you drive? Ah, uh, drive an Essex and a Star, boy. All the looking. That's handsome. What year? 1927. What color is it? Kind of dark blue. How's the paint job? Paid it up? No, sir. First class. Ever have it repainted? No, sir. You know the shotgun? No, sir. You know Jose Diego? No, sir. Not that I know of. Well, did you ever see this identification card before? Only when the officer showed it to me up at my house. You never saw it before, huh? No. Has your name on it? Yes. Name on it? Yes. Well, why should Blanco say to notify you in case of accident? I don't know. He didn't get along with the rest of his family, I guess. I was the only one who was friendly with him. Where were you yesterday? I was home all day, except when I drove my trip to school. Well, do you know anybody who would want to murder Blanco? Did he have any enemies? No, sir. Well, uh... You may want to question you again, Mr. Vittori. You won't lose town. Oh, no. I'll be right up there on Shell Avenue. Fine. Thank you very much for coming in. Yes, sir. Goodbye. Goodbye. Well, well. Well, the story seems straight enough. Of course, you haven't checked up on it. Well, you will. Well, Captain, I've got the reply from the warden of Slant, Arizona. Yes? Our victim is Jose Diego. Fingerprints on the body check identically with his card at the prison. Well, that changes everything. Now we've got to find Louis Blanco. And I've got a lead on that. I found this letter in his room. From a sister of his in Globe, Arizona. Fine. Get on that angle right away. Sheriff Charles R. Burns, Globe, Arizona. We are attempting to locate Louis Blanco, Mexican, whose name was found in a murdered Mexican we have identified as Jose Diego. We believe Blanco has a sister, Rosita Sepulcher, living in Globe. It is imperative to the investigation of this murder that we find Blanco. With appreciate for making confidential investigations to discover if Blanco is now in Globe. W. Biscalu, Sheriff Los Angeles County. Sheriff E.W. Biscalu, Los Angeles, California. Louis Blanco arrived here from Los Angeles April 10th. Now staying with sister. Charles R. Burns, Sheriff, Globe, Arizona. Sheriff Charles R. Burns, Globe, Arizona. Please search in Blanco and search for 12-gauge shotgun and blue automobile with black top. Possible victim brought from there by car. C.W. Biscalu, Sheriff, Los Angeles County. Sheriff E.W. Biscalu, Los Angeles. Unable to check or find either automobile or shotgun. Holding Blanco in custody. Refuses to waive extradition. Awaiting instructions. Charles R. Burns, Sheriff, Grove, Arizona. 
Burn, Globe, Arizona. Deputy Sheriff Sepulveda and Morrell arrive slow tomorrow to question Blanco. Many thanks for your cooperation. W. Bistolu, Sheriff, Los Angeles County. Sure, that's him as far as I can tell. 
Sure looks like his hands and looks like his clothes, too. Then you sure it was him. Sure. Bring in your man, Ralph. Yes, sir. You know this fellow, the boy? Well, I'll have to put you through as a material witness. 
Although I want you to know, as far as we're concerned, we don't hold any suspicion against you. You might have detention in jail for a few days. Well, that's okay, Captain. I ain't got no flesh to stay anywhere. I owe too much rent to all by my place to go back there. Okay. I got a say, Captain. Yes. Oh, uh, it's your information to say. It's a euro. Y-A-R-E. Come on. Yes, sir. I want you to check all the insurance companies for a policy on Louis Blanca. I have an idea that policy will be the key to this case. Yes, sir. For several days, in a world of empty time, the painstaking task of searching uh, the files for the find the insurance company. And at last, he discovers the company that holds the policy on Blanco's life. The agents who handled the policy have contacted the brought in to Captain Bright for questions. You, uh, Mr. Salesman, Mr. Wallace? Yes, I am. Mm-hmm. You know Mr. Charles Victoria? Yes. How'd you happen to meet him? Well, I contacted him first on a cold gander. What's that? Well, that's what we call it when you get a prospect's name out of a phone book and approach him with no other leads and guess his name in the door. I see. Well, did you sell Mr. Victoria insurance on that call? No, no, not on that call, but two months later I went to see him again and... That time, he made out an application for a policy. He came down. Why? He'll help. Was that the last you told me? Well, no. I, I gave him two or three applications, Blank, and suggested to some other members of his family or his friends might want to be insured. Mm-hmm. Well, a few days later, he came back with this application with Louis Blanco. I told him to be sure the name was clearly printed, and Blanco not only had printed his name at the top of the application, but also at the signature. Well, the company rejected it, and... I gave it back to the story and told him to have it signed. A few days later, he returned the application signed. And who was the beneficiary? Well, the beneficiary was himself, John Victoria. But Blanco told us he had made his wife the beneficiary. Uh, yes, but as I remember, the story explained he changed his mind because he didn't think his wife could collect the insurance. She was in the hospital in the cotton. I asked you to bring along the papers pertaining to his policy. Have you the application there? Yes, here in my briefcase. A minute. Here's you. 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 When did Blanco say he left his hangers for that? Uh, April 10th. He definitely placed him in Globe, Arizona on the 12th. I'd say his signature on the application is mighty close to the telly handwriting, wouldn't you, Mel? Yes, sir. How much was this policy for? Uh, it was two units for $1,500 a piece. So that's the price of the murder, huh? $3,000. Well, Mr. Walter, I think you've given us the evidence we need here to complete our case against John Vittori. Well, I'm glad to be of assistance. We're just as eager to uncover this sort of knife like this as you are. Uh, there's, there's one more thing. What's that? Uh, Vittori took out another policy which named himself beneficiary. He did? On who? Uh, just a minute, I have it here. Uh, uh, I'm Mike Rufo, age 14. Is that it? Oh, Mike Rufo, huh? That's Blanco's stepson. His wife's boy by a former marriage. Yeah. Well, it looks as though Mr. Vittori planned to make a lot of show on his family. 
However, I doubt if we can use that as evidence against him. It would be hard to establish intent, even though the story had his not you in line for the next killing. In a few short days, the case of John Bacori is ready for the case of John Bacori is ready for prosecution and handed over to the office of the district attorney, Duran Fitch, who characterized it as magnificently preserved. In December 1933, the four years brought the trial in Department 26 of Superior Court before Judge Agler. The prosecution faces the argument that the court murdered Jose Diego for $3,000 worth of insurance upon three circumstantial facts. The first, the court's trial was seen by a witness where the murder occurred. The second, the court inconsistently misspelled the word Yale in the manner in which it was spelled on the identification card found on the body. The first, the court reported applications for $3,000 worth of insurance upon the life of Louis Blanco and named himself his beneficiary. The jury finds the defendant guilty of murder in the first degree, and Judge Aguilar sentences the jury to hang by the neck until death, which sentence was carried out at San Quentin at dawn on December 6, 1935. Four boys and girls listen to calling all cars and to any other program heard over this state. On the Rio Grande Oil Company is glad to cooperate with local police authorities in crime prevention by impressing the useful mind that crime does not pay. To further enlist boys and girls on the side of law and order, Rio Grande offers a complete junior detective outfit absolutely free of charge to its young listeners. A police card, handcuffs, pistol gun, and holster, fingerprint outfit, and many other free gifts. Ask any independent dealer selling Rio Grande Clark's gasoline for a free copy of the Calling All Cars News, which contains the story and pictures of the crimes of her tonight, and tells how you may get your complete junior police outfit without charge. Rio Grande is proud to take the leadership in the junior police crime prevention movement. Remember, Rio Grande Clark's gasoline today powers more police cars, fire engines, and emergency equipment than any other brand.
this program created by the Rio Grande Oil Company.